Hi, this is Jimmy, and you're listening to Stage Door Medium. You're listening to Season 1, Episode 2, Changed for Good, with Bachelorette superfan and star of Broadway, Haley Pachoon. Hi, everyone. I'm here with Haley Pachoon today. Yay, I'm so excited to have you. How are you? Great. I'm so happy to see you. You too. I knew I knew we were going to hit it off because um, when Jenny had recommended you to me, I was, first off, I was excited because I had seen you. I'd already seen you in, in, in Wicked. And it's tough because when I first get recommended to an artist, like even if I want a YouTube a performance of them or something like that, I can't. Like I don't want to know anything about them. So it was exciting that I had already heard of you. And I, you know, and I was like, oh, I've, I've seen her a couple of times. So that was, that was exciting. And then when I saw after that you had the Britney Spears pillow that I had from like 1999 or 2000. There it is. <laughs> it's, it sealed the deal. Um, you are watching at home and you're not familiar with, with Haley Pachoon. She is like all-star triple threat. She has what, eight, eight Broadway shows to her name two tours. You were in the Hairspray movie. You've like done it all. Um, child on Broadway, right? You, like yeah. 12? Yep. 12 years old. And then if you're watching from Western New York, she came, which I did not see. Uh, she came to Art Park uh, to do Peter Pan. And I remember I was so bummed because I couldn't see it, but I heard. Oh, it was honestly like, that's like one of my dream roles playing Peter. I got to play Wendy before I did it at the Paper Mill Playhouse. Nice. Um, and then getting to graduate to Peter, I was like, this is my ultimate goal. Like getting to fly, getting to like be a dude, kind of like just a boy where, especially for me, it was it was such a dream to not like have to put on makeup before a show. Like that was amazing. Oh, I absolutely. And fun story for you. So just like you were a, a child star at 12, um, 12 years old, I had, <laughs> I had an audition with Art Park, same company. And I went in for the King and I for, um, for the son, for Louis. Uh-huh. And it was this really awkward age where your voice is starting to change, but you yep. don't want them to know that. So I was like, I was a lot happy too. And I was like, you're trying to mask it. And then I got a call back somehow. I don't know how. And I sing the song again. And then they're like, okay, now go ahead and whistle. And I was like, oh, no, thank you. Like thinking that it was a, like an awkward well, no, the song is like, I whistle a happy tune. And I was like, right. I don't know how to whistle. And they're like, thank you. And like, that was like my very first introduction to, to theater um, was this. Mine like, was kind of the same. So my first audition was for The Sound of Music at this uh, dinner theater in Kansas City that I ended up working at later on. And um, uh, they asked me, I just like showed up. My voice teacher was like, oh yeah, take her over to this audition. And my dad picked me up from voice that day. And so we just like showed up and had nothing, like no resume, no pick, nothing, 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 nothing. And they're like, great, what do you have to sing for us? And I was like, I'm just here. And then they're like, okay, can you sing happy birthday for us? And in my head, I was like, that's stupid. So I was like, no, they were like, okay, thanks. Okay, so my second audition, Haley, was Wizard of Oz um, for, I was, like, whatever grade, it was pre-high school. I did the same thing. I went in not prepared, no headshot, because I didn't. I just, I knew that I liked the arts. I knew that I liked being a spectator. And I remember when I went in, I sang Happy Birthday. I didn't do a good job with it, but I figured 
oh, they need boys, they'll, they'll take anyone. And they did not, they did not take me. And it was a really small cast to begin with. And for me though, it was that turning point for me that I needed, um, you know, you have to prepare, you have to, to show up. And even at 12, like, you know, two crushing blows, but I mean, yeah, after is, that, I got it together. So yeah, it's so true. Um, so I want to talk about, oh gosh, there's so much to, that we could cover. Um, also, um, oh, I gotta, I gotta talk about that later too, which um, I'm super excited about. Um, because if you're, if you're watching at home, Haley also has her own show on YouTube called The Broadway Bachelorette. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's Broadway Bachelorette where we recap all things Bachelor Nation. I am your host, Haley Pachoon. And welcome to Tasha's season. Yeah! Um, which we I hit on in a way in the reading. I think I talked about it. I was like, I'm seeing you on yes. YouTube with the show, and um, I can't wait for it to come back. Like we will have to discuss. Like we watch it every every week. Um, it's it's um, the modern day soap opera that and Real Housewives. Yes, I, I don't watch Housewives, but we every week like we're so angry that they're like now for the six hour continuation and we're like <sighs> I'll allow it and then I we know. just sit and we still watch it and I feel like nonetheless like no richer or wiser for having watched it but I'm like no. it's okay and nothing happens until the last like seven minutes and they're switching it now too where you know the last couple of years you're like oh well wait you'll find out the second half on they're they're doing us dirty so yeah. um all right, so I, if, if you are unfamiliar with the show, the point of this, as much as I could talk about Broadway all day, but we want to discuss the parallels between what um, mediums do and what artists do. And that's always been my goal to um, use it as the anchor point for this, for this show. So I didn't know if you could maybe talk us through, let's say you get cast, rehearsals are done, you start your show. Could you walk us through what your normal day looks like performing? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to answer because every day is so different. Um, you know, one day you could be in a two show day and in between shows you have auditions and you have to run to your audition in between shows or have them before the show. Um, and then attempt to eat something small, but you have to be careful like what time you eat because depending on your acid reflux like me, or if you're dancing and wearing a corset, like you don't wanna wear certain things because it will make you feel heavy and you're breathing. And I mean, just stuff that like people don't think about, but after a while you really get to know your body and like what works for that particular show and what doesn't. Um, and then there's days where like, you know, you have a show at seven o'clock on a Thursday and you don't have to do anything. And so you relish of laying on your couch. Um, but most of the time it's very get up and go. You're very busy. Um, at least in my life, I am very, very busy. Um, whether it be just seeing friends or taking a workout class or going to a voice lesson. Um, you know, there are those times where you might be doing a workshop of a new musical while at the same time you're in a show at night which means forever long that workshop process is, let's say it's four weeks. Um, you know, if you're on a Broadway show, your day off is let's say Monday and you're gonna rehearse that workshop Monday through Saturday, which means your workshop day off is Sunday, but your Broadway show still has a show on Sunday. Yep. So you don't get a day off for four weeks. And um, you'll be rehearsing the workshop from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Monday through Saturday, you'll be released, you know, on those two show days. 
Um, so you're working from, you know, you'll get up at 7.30 and then you're not home until maybe 11.45 at night. And then it takes time to like unwind. Um, it's crazy. It's insane. It's crazy. So there's never like a normal too. day. Sorry. What about rehearsal days? And then when you were headlining Wicked, would they bring in, for example, um, would they bring in a standby to run the Glinda with the rest of the cast to give you a breather? How does that work? So if you're understanding a role, um, you'll rehearse usually once a week, you'll run the show. It depends on how long the show has been running, like how new you are to the show. Um, but uh, usually if you're an understudy, you'll rehearse it once a week. So as Glinda, I never had to go to those understudy rehearsals, but they do rehearse that show a lot. Um, so depending on whenever, you know, a, the director's flying in from out of town or the choreography team is flying in, you're going to have a brush up rehearsal. So everyone has to be involved in those rehearsals. Great. I know. And I, the minute you were talking about food. So, so from my perspective, there are, there's so many things that people don't realize that go into prepping for a reading. So um, like, like you guys get to the theater early if you need to stretch or warm up, if you don't want to warm up in your, in your home or your apartment, what people don't see on my end is, so if I have a reading, like I want to say I read you at 11 a.m. when we had our yeah. reading together, that meant that I got up at eight and started prepping. Like there's, it's, and, and in terms of like, if you're watching, you're like, well, what kind of prep do you have to do? It's really just kind of getting yourself into a headspace to very similar to what you do in terms of like, if there is something bugging you and you know, you've got to get out of that because it's, it's not about you. It's about telling the story. It's about, and it's interesting. I was just thinking about that too. I mean, as a medium, when you bring through someone's loved ones, you are, you are telling their story. So there, there is some pressure on you that I feel like, um, and especially with the eating, I will, I remember when I trained years ago, they're like, don't eat anything other than maybe like four or five hours before you read and to make sure it's light and drink a lot of water. And, um, the reason why, and I never knew it initially is, um, spirit will sometimes use our bodies to tell us where there were problems. So reading somebody last night, I started getting lower stomach, um, uh, tummy area for, for cancer. However, um, if you're not aware of that and you're eating and you're having acid reflux or digestive right. problems, you're going to start going, Oh, I have a, I have a spirit here who had digestive issues wrong. It's, it's you, you know what I mean? Right. So if you're, if you're headlining a show, there's probably more pressure in terms of resting and taking care of yourself. And can you talk like when you were in wicked, um, did you feel like you had to live like a nun at all? Um, definitely at the beginning because you're training new muscles uh, you have to build that endurance up. Your voice is a huge muscle. So you're vocally trying to like make it through the show and figure out, oh, where, where do I not need to push so much? Um, and then, you know, just like your reputation's on the line. You're playing, at least for me, this like dream role of a lifetime. Um, so I know when I first started the show, I would be warming up for at least half an hour, 45 minutes, you know, a few hours before to like check in, make sure my voice was there. I was like barely drinking. Um, you know, I'd hang out with people and say hi, but it was also like, I have a job to do. And I'm very much of that person. Like no matter what job I have, like I treat my jobs with like, this is my job. Mm -hmm. um, 
but throughout the run, I did the show for 13 months and I really only called out three times just because I was tired. Um, that was one of my questions I was going to ask you. Uh, how do you know like when to call out? Um, I'm, I mean, from a dancer background, like you push through and it's not like you push through because you're like, I have to be here. This is my role. It's just like, no, you, you tough it out because we're dancers and that's what we do. So if there might've been a day where my voice wasn't moving as freely as like the next day, it's like, okay, well, I, I just know how to, how to work it. So I'm not straining myself. Um, but the three times I called out, it was because I physically could not get out of bed. I was so exhausted. Mm -hmm. Um, and making that call is so hard because you're just like, I know everyone's at work and I'm not there, but, um, I could not, I mean, moving my arms to like watch Netflix was hard. I was <laughs> so yeah. tired. I know it's a um, rarity when I, when I have to call out, so to speak, because I feel horrible if I have to. And it's usually like, I'm either so sick that my brain will not, that little receptor part where I get my messages from, it's just not working. You know, yeah. if, I'm, if I'm worried about sneeze, and obviously it's also, I don't want to get people sick. And I mean, now it's, now it's just on zoom and stuff like that. But um, I know if, if I feel like I'm not going to do a good job with somebody again, telling that story and, and giving those messages to, to people, I, I, I won't do it, which is rare, but yeah. It's I geek out because you're using some of the terms that I use all the time too. So when using like doing readings, it's a muscle. It is hands down a muscle. And when I first started, I could only get through like one reading or two readings and I was exhausted. And yeah. now I feel like, because the way I describe it is like when I get up and get out of the bed, bed up for the day, if I say, hey, I'm open to receiving messages, it's like you're unplugging from the wall. So if you don't find ways to recharge that day, you, you can drain yourself down. But I mean, now before it was like, I had certain hours um, where I didn't want to do readings after um, now it's now it's like a muscle, you know, especially during the pandemic, I've, I've, I've been using it so much that it's the more you use it, the, the stronger it gets and the easier it gets to kind of tap in. But when you first get going, it's, it is, it is tiresome. It's, crazy to hear you say that about fighting those little inner things, because as human, I mean, during readings, we're also getting our own little inner, like, so there's times where I'll hear things and they'll say, say it to them. And I'm like, this is kind of, I'm just going to be blunt. Like, this is really ballsy for me to say right now to them. And so you're starting to, and that's where you go wrong. If you're not careful with the reading, like I'm, you'll say, I don't know. I don't want to talk about that, but they're going, no, you got to bring it up. So it's a matter of just, and the client doesn't see that, you know what right. I mean? Or unless you see my face going, I will make faces. Sometimes I'm like, I don't know if I should be saying that, but we were discussing earlier before we started filming, how do we get out of our own head? Because I feel like working in the arts, um, being a medium, when people are like, eh, don't take it personally. It's, it's so hard to not take it personally because um, as Michelle Ragusa said, when I interviewed her a while ago, she was like, we are like the product of like our, our work, you know, like we are the reflection of it. And as a medium, our delivery, the way we're going to talk to people and, and our accuracy, you know, of, of what we give as messages. I mean, that's a reflection of how well are you preparing? How well are you listening? And I know with the Wicked fan base, as loyal as they are, um, uh, gosh, I've seen comments before on YouTube and stuff where they'll rip a performance down where it's, you know, they're like, well, she was clearly sick this week. And someone's like, no, she wasn't. She sounded like that the entire run. So 
are you aware, like, how do you, do you avoid them? Do you sometimes look to say, Hey, like, what do people think of my work? And if it's something that you don't see that you don't want to know or see, how do you shrug it and then go back into that show and still do your best job? So I think at least I'm semi-lucky that like, I think I'm kind of like an underground Glinda. Like I'm not on the level of um, popularity. I would say of like famousness of other Glindas so I don't feel like I get too much negativity from people because I only did the show for 13 months and it was on tour um but I've also done so many other shows that like I don't know that hasn't been my only show mm-hmm. um and I think uh I, throughout my years of just being a performer, I've learned how to brush stuff off pretty easily. Um, Not to say that like, if I were to read something, you know, negative, it wouldn't affect me. Like it definitely would, Um, but I know my worth. I know what I can do and I do it really, really well. Um, And like, I can, and this isn't me being cocky. This is just me like, being in the business forever, it's like, I really can do it all. So if you want me to sing like Glinda, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to do it as one of the better ones. I mean, that's in my opinion. Um, Which is true. It's it's so true. Um, <laughs> if you want me to dance, like, I'm going to go be in a Warren Carlisle ballet show with the best of the best dancers, you know, from ballet companies all over the world. And, and then I'm going to go be in a Chris Catelli show where I have to dance five different, um, dance you know types of like sure salsa and ballet and african and like all this stuff it's like yeah i'll do that and then if you want me to go do a play like great i'll go do that and i think i think a lot of it comes from my training when i was a kid in kansas um my studio just taught me like you have to be able to do it all um i also think that's one reason why i haven't like had the full success because i can do it all and everyone's like oh give her the understudy so Um, but most of the time, I mean, I don't look out for those like negative things because I don't know, maybe they just don't come across my eyes. I don't have as many followers as those other people. So I think that's why I don't see that. You called underground Glinda. I I think that's, that's a great term, you know, (laughs) and, um, I know I, I get it sometimes too. So for example, um, so for example, if I'm doing a party, of course, the best thing that you can hear is because I always have to read in a private spot. And the best thing that you'll hear is you'll hear them going down the stairs and somebody will go real loud. How was it? And they're like, so good. And of course, it's it's beautiful to hear. And every so often, you'll hear somebody that'll go, eh, so, so. And you're like, excuse me, like, I did a good job with that reading, you know yeah. what I mean? And, um, but you said it best, you know, you have to know your worth. And I always say, spirit is going to give you what you need, not necessarily what you want. Um, and if you go in there like, well, I'm going to make it like a guessing game for the medium. Of course, you're going to go out of there. You're going to leave there disappointed. If you want to go in getting good messages that are going to help you to heal and grow, you know, that, that's, that's what you should be going for. Um, but I know I definitely have to tune it out sometimes too, because I think in any business, there is the tendency to want to compare yourself to other, other artists, other mediums, and somebody that would say, oh, I had a medium that read me 10 years ago, and they knew every single name. And I won't lie, I don't always get names, because 
It's not the most important to me. The most important thing to me is going to be starting to get that evidential information from your loved ones that will click. To me, that's more meaningful than a name. You know what I mean? And I remember Idina Menzel had this quote and I thought it was so neat and it stuck with me. And she talked about when you're in a show like Wicked or If Then, and she says, if I, she said, I set like a percent level for myself. She says, if I, she goes, if you get through the show and you sing like 90% of the notes right and correct, she said, I walk away thinking that that's a big victory each night. She says, because you have to find ways to um, celebrate yourself and, and the work that you're doing. And so. Yeah. Um, and especially as a theater artist, like you're doing the same show every single night. So there are going to be off days and I'm sure it's the same with, talking to spirit, you know, like there's off days. Um, but you just try to do your best and there might be some amazing moments in the show and then the rest of the show might not be great. Um, but I think if you just try to bring your best every night or every reading, it's great. Do you ever get that sense? Like I'll sometimes have not a great show, but someone would be like, that was amazing. You were so good tonight. And I'll be like, no, I wasn't. I was literally just going to bring that up because it's funny. Like years ago, I saw um, Evita when it came through town and Caroline Bowman was Ava. Yeah. And I stopped at the door just to tell her, I was like, I felt really geeky going there. Cause I'm like an adult. And I'm like, I am like, cause she, I didn't know if she thought I wanted her to sign something. I'm like, I literally just wanted to tell you, like, I've never heard the score sung that way. And she started, her eyes started to well up and she was like, I really needed that today. She goes, because I didn't think that I had a good show. She's like, yeah. so hear you say that. And the same happens with readings. Like I'll walk away going, huh? Like I read somebody recently where I, I did not pick up on one of their heavy hitters. I got four out of the five. And because I didn't get that fifth one, I went home kind of like beating myself up. Yeah. But then I got four calls after going, oh my gosh, like they can't stop talking about the reading that you gave them. Like, I would love to sit down with you and and, and if you're willing and, and, and have a reading done. So then I have to go like, okay, it, it's all perspective. You know? Yeah. It's all... And see, I hear that from you and you're like, I got four out of the five. And I'm like, that's huge. <laughs> like, I know. I know that in a normal world, that's like a pretty high percentage. And, yeah. but for me, like it's tough because there is an emotional weight to, to what we both do. And yeah. Um, so I guess if you don't mind, I'd love to transition into whatever you feel comfortable. Not, can we talk about the reading? Cause I, yes. at home, I read Haley two weeks ago and I, very specific in the fact that I don't like to read a client and then um, an artist and then interview them the same day because I'm a firm believer that it will translate if we don't know each other, if we're not familiar with each other. And there might be things that make sense later. So I guess go for it. Anything that you want to share that stuck out to you or, or made you go, wow, this is valid. Yeah. So, well, first off, I'm so grateful that we are connected. Like I've found like a new long lost sibling, I feel like with you. Um, and I love like spirit and things of the spirit world. Um, and so does my mom and my cousin uh, who passed away. It will be uh, five years ago in February. So this coming February she passed away in a car accident and she was like my sister. Um, she was one of three kids. I'm an only child, but she was a year older than me. And we were always just like, Oh, that's my sister. So, um, 
I was excited to get to speak with her and she was even more into spirit than I was like her and my mom would go all to these psychic fairs like they are she always like got read that she was this high priestess she had one of those um what are these things that like like a pendulum yes she had that like she had all of the things she's very very into it so I spoke to her before all of this happened and I was like Jenna you got to come through for me. And that's all I needed to say. Cause I was like, she's going to come through. Like, mm-hmm. this is so of her realm. Um, and I think she was like the first person that kind of came through she a was, little. She was the very first. And yeah. if I was super confused because, um, I take notes before I meet with everyone, because I always say they get there about a half hour before you do. And I was so confused because I kept writing down only child, but then I kept writing a big old question mark next to it because I kept hearing the sibling is here. And so for me, I was like, that's, it could have been maybe a child that never made it to this world. It could have been a miscarriage or a stillborn. Um, but I was like, I'm, anytime I, my brain feels jostled, that means I'm a little bit of confusion, but it always means wait for it. Cause there's going to be something crazy that comes out of it. So I remember when I sat down with you and I don't, I don't know if you want to bring it up, but the way it revealed itself was like, so cool. Like, yeah. So I, I mean, I've never really had a reading before I've worked with. Um, oh, now I'm forgetting the name of, uh, she'll read my chart. Like an astrologer. almost. Yes, yeah. Um, so I've worked with an astrologer before, like just a few times, but I've never been read. So it's always been a dream of mine. Um, so when you said, you asked me, uh, like, uh, has a sibling passed or something? And I didn't, you know, I don't want to like give you anything. So it was mostly just saying like, yes or no, or just kind of just like very vanilla answers. Yeah. And I think I said, yes, you did. But then at the end of it, I, you'll remember this more than me. I did say, so she's actually my cousin, but I call her my sister. And then you were like, oh my God, this makes so much sense. Why? Yeah. Because you, you had told me you were an only child, but then you also said sibling. So then we moved on and I was like, I want to talk about her. I was like, she's talking about the fact that she's turning into something. And then next thing I know, when I turn, I'm pulled out of the equation. And so we never went back to it until the end because my, but my brain though, that little part of me is going, well, what is, like, who is this then? Who is this? And then I think to me, that's even more beautiful though. If she always called you her sister and she's identifying herself as a sibling, as who am I? I mean, to me, that's such an evidential thing that even if you were cousins for her to go, no sister sibling, like, yeah, that's, that's special to me. Yeah. It was really cool. Um, God, what else? Oh, when you, I think my, then my grandma started to come in, which is my mom's mom. And she really took care of Jenna when she was younger. So I was, I was like, these were the two people I was like, you, you girls better come through. (laughs) Um, So it was really funny that you got Jenna's like personality came through because when my grandma started to come through, you were trying to say like, okay, thank you. Not to like leave the room for Jenna, but to kind of say like, okay, someone else would like to step forward. And she was like, fine. I mean, they can come forward, but I'm going to be right here. (laughs) 
And that is so one billion percent her. <laughs> she literally sat on the couch. She was like, I'm not going. I'm no, not- yeah, of course not. Um, so I was like, yes, that is that is 100 percent her. And I remember your grandmother had, uh, it was confusing because she had a piece of straw in her mouth. And that was one of those things that I was like, I don't want to say this because this is really weird. And I heard like, uh, it was almost like folksy music. And, but so sometimes when we get symbols and then I asked you, I was like, was she like rural? And you're like, Kansas. And I'm like, there we go. I was getting like Wizard of Ozzy images of like- Yes! See, even this, I'm like, ah! (laughs) You know, it was very, like, I was waiting for like, um, like the, the farmhand, like cousins or uncles to come out and, and stuff like that. And so, yeah, I mean, we're, we're given symbols to encapsulate how we should. It's really cool. Sometimes we'll just be given an image and then knowing that that image will trigger a feeling. So if I were to, if you're like a, like a fall fan, like I am, if somebody were to, I hate to say it, say the word like pumpkin, you already start to jump and you start to go, hmm, chunky knit sweaters, jeans, couch, blankets, taking naps whenever I want to that like you get a feeling that's associated with just one word or symbol so when I saw the straw I was like "Mm, rural and then when I heard the folk music I was like this has got to be real rural um and then Kansas and I it it all clicked so so where my grandma lived where my mom grew up um it's uh the whole town is one square mile and there's no um there's no stoplight it's just a red blinking light on main street and that's it. And it's like brick roads. Um, and my grandpa was a carpenter. And when you said, I'm seeing these like rough hands, because at first you thought it was my dad's dad who has passed. Um, but it was so interesting. You started describing everything about my mom's dad. Um, with like him being kind of like wide and he looks exactly like, um, oh my gosh, who plays Santa in Elf? Ed. Oh, is it Ed Harris? Wait, no. Ed Asner. Ed Asner. He looks Asner. exactly like Ed Asner. Like they have the same big ears, um, kind of like same body. He, and he played Santa all the time. And you know what's funny is that they showed me the image of the man from Up. Um, when, which if I'm not mistaken, was Ed, it wasn't, I got to look it up. I'm almost positive. Ed Asner was the voice of Carl. Yeah. Go for it. Um, I would, Asner, you're so right. Because we'll see sometimes cartoony looking images because caricatures are are a great way. I can't talk are a great way to help us identify features. So sometimes I will see somebody with like a toucan Sam nose and I'm like, they want me to talk about their nose. They want me to talk about maybe their chin. They'll show me really exaggerated features in the hopes that I bring it up and then they'll go, oh yeah, they had reconstructive jaw surgery and then, you know, things like that. So it's, it's always a grab bag. I mean, you never know what you're going to get with a reading. And I feel like there's new symbols that I learn every day. You know, it's, it's always like definitely an on the job, you know, um, uh, what's what's the best way I can describe it? Like you learn on the job. Like you, yeah. can, you can come. I mean, that's the same with acting too. Yeah, you know, absolutely. And it's interesting because where your castmates are giving you different energy every night, the clients that I'm, the, the deceased that I'm channeling, they're also giving you very different energy. And I think it's so important to listen because you could be having the most loving grandmother come through and then the other side comes through and it's not a loving grandmother. And if you're not careful, you're going to go, oh, this one's really sweet too. And like, 
No, they, they weren't like, they might've been like really grumpy. So you have to go like, okay, right. what are they giving me here? And you know, um, what am I meant to do with this and, and word and how, yeah. do, how should I word this? So, well, you also mentioned there were a couple things that clicked after. Um, okay. So, I, so I have not told you this yet. No. So, um, so you mentioned something that when you were talking about uh, Jenna's accident and you didn't know like how she had passed, which was a car accident. Um, so you had said something about, uh, I can't remember if you said my grandma was there, but you were like, a spirit was there with her when she, like at the instant she passed. Yes. So my mom and I have this, uh, spiritual masseuse in Kansas City that we will visit every now and then and as she's massaging you she's very spiritual and and she'll like sometimes see spirit every once in a while and she'll like kind of not give you a reading but let she'll like say things that she sees while she's working on you and it's like the most magical thing ever mm -hmm. not only are her hands magic but like her soul is too yeah. so this was I think within a year of Jenna's accident my mom went to Ruth and she said, your, your mom was there with Jenna and she reached down and grabbed her from the car. And I only remembered that, like, I think it was a day after our time together. And I was like, oh my God, you both said the same thing. And I thought that was so cool. And I wanted to email you right away. And I was like, no, 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 I got to tell you in person because... I think that's like, that's an amazing like compliment to you. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I find that in times of when passings are really unexpected and tragic, if it is no matter what age, if, if we're kind of jolted out of this world, this reality here, there's always somebody waiting because otherwise, um, it's going to be spooky. We're going to be like, where, where am I? Right. And it's, it's, it's interesting when you see that is one thing that I, I give the movie ghost credit that they got right. So when you see um, whether it's the stage version or the movie, when Patrick Swayze shot, all of a sudden he kind of goes out of body and he sees everything happening um, mm -hmm. to himself. And he's super confused as to why, you know, why are paramedics rushing around him? If we don't have family member, they just gave me goosebumps. So they said, yeah, you're correct. Um, if we don't have a family member, that, member there to pick us up, that can be what it feels. It's scary. You know what I mean? 100% yeah. so of the time, we will always have somebody go, don't look over there. Come with me is what will happen. And of course, we're going to go with somebody that we were really tight with because we trust them. You know, yeah. sometimes if they're, and what's really cool is that I've done it before during a reading where if it's not family that says, come with me. Oh, and like, there, I was like crying during this one reading. It was a dog and the dog. Oh my God. And it was like the family dog that this girl was devoted to. And so the dog kind of just gave her the sign of let's go. And oh my God, they, they went, I know I was like, it was, it was touching, you know, Ugh. it was a beautiful collie and the collie just kind of communicated with her to go. And that oh she was able to cross over. And yeah, it was, it was, it was really neat. Um, so Dogs are the best. I get super emotional in reading sometimes. Like I, I got choked up at one point during yours when I, when I had Jenna with me. Have you ever sensed spirits in the theater? And if so, is there a particular theater where you've noticed it more? Oh God. 
So what's so interesting, so we leave a ghost light at the end of the show on the stage for people who don't know. And that's for, you keep a light on for the ghost, for the spirit. And I, I'm that person that I don't like feeling spirit around me. Like I don't, I, I, I believe in it 1000%, but I don't like that feeling. Um, so I almost say no, because I try to avoid that feeling, but I know that you said this and I, I believe in this as well. I am very intuitive about that kind of stuff. So, um, there might've been times, but I try to kind of avoid that. There's big misconceptions too. People do think that like there are spirits that always haunt the theater. It's a rarity. It's they show up because they want attention. Like yeah. I remember when I was at the the new the Aladdin Theater, the New Amsterdam. Amsterdam um, I yeah. had done a tour and they talked about the one woman, and it was funny. Like um, I, she ended up coming up in a book I was reading later, and she literally pops by because she was an actress. Like she 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 likes the attention. Yeah, you know, and otherwise, if they're not there, you know, I, th- I think there's right. a misconception about hauntings. And it's funny, every time I go to Phantom, there is always one spirit there. She is, and she's no way affiliated with any of the cast members. She's just a fan. She's literally just a fan that will go because she'll want to see different pairings. And I look and she's, she, she told me she died from ovarian cancer and she was listening to the soundtrack when she passed. And she says, oh, I'm just obsessed with this show. So every time I go, she's there. She always sits for some odd reason stage, um, stage left um, up on the little raised part. And that's just her area where she watches it from. And I love that. But it's a rarity. I don't, I don't see them that often for like, um, that fully inhabit a theater. Most of the time the spirits there are your family members that are coming to cheer you on, so. Yeah. Oh, Um, wait, now that I'm remembering, I think Kate Baldwin had a spirit in her dressing room because she had this shelf, I think it was Kate. She had this shelf up above that was like, it wasn't like it was like this. I mean, it was like a shelf. It wasn't tilted. And every day, like, you know, if this was the shelf, every day some she'd come in and like it was moved a little bit and finally her stuff would like fall off and then she'd put it back and then it kept going and going yep. and that was at the schubert during hello dolly schubert has a really cool history though too you yeah know I mean? and now it's time for some last minute questions which broadway diva if would you give your life savings to see play glinda it doesn't matter how old they are now well i got to see Kristen. Um, and the original cast do it. And I was on the front row. I mean, I would pay to see that again. I would probably put, hmm, I would probably do Bernadette or Eliza. Like just imagine Eliza coming down in the bubble, but instead of like the blue, it's like Red Halston. Yes. Like, it's so good to see me. (laughs) You know, and like, and like instead of bubbles, there's like cigarette smoke or something. I just like, it would be it would be um a once in a lifetime event for sure broadcast it like that this is how one of the ways we bring broadway back yes yes nelly for performer that you met or worked with that left you starstruck uh so i get starstruck with really weird people like i haven't worked with him but he came backstage during hello dolly and i got to meet neil degrasse tyson and I could not speak to him. 
I had to have someone in the cast go up to him for me and say, Mr. Tyson, this is Haley. She was in the show. She would love to get a photo with you. And I was just, and he was like, hello. Like he's got <laughs> this like kind of Santa voice. Yeah. Um, and I was just like, I am, I'm so honored to meet you. Like, yeah. can I get a photo? like I could not do it. Um, but someone that I've worked with, oh, it's so weird. I don't get like starstruck with people that I work with because I'm like, I'm working with them and like, I get to know them, you know, as like human beings. So, cause when you, for Hello Dolly, did you go on opposite Bette Midler in any of the, the tracks? Yeah. Is that there like were, there were like a few moments here and there where I was like, what's happening right now? Like, cause <laughs> I grew up watching the first wives club, like every single night. Same here. Um, so, and like, obviously hocus pocus. Um, first but, wives club's got way better lines though. Oh yeah. Like, um, um uh, what's the one uh, Morty wake up and smell the audit. And it just, there's so many good ones. So it's many. So good. Um, yeah, there were times with her where I was like, what's happening? I honestly think I got to work with Sutton in Anything Goes. And I think because like her story of being just like a understudy and then she was promoted to Millie and then I saw her on Broadway and Millie and I got to attend this like Q&A and she came out and spoke and I mean, she's just normal. It's not like I'm like starstruck, but I was just like, this is really crazy that I'm in a show now with her and like I'm dancing next to her. And then yeah. later I got to like interview her on a red carpet. So I get maybe Sutton, but then it's always like, but it's Sutton. Like, you know, I forgot. Like, I mean, Bernadette, like it's Bernadette, like mm-hmm. Lily St. Regis. And I mean- Name from the hotel. I mean, like so many- <laughs> So many, I will never forget her with like that um, easy street, you know, and that dress. I mean, just the way she moved her, she's iconic. You yeah, know? and she's she's one of the reasons why I have Maisie, my dog, so. Oh, um, wait, is that a book? Oh, was that from the Broadway, from Broadway Barks? Kind of, so not to like side segue, but um, mm-hmm. Melanie Moore, who was in Hello Dolly with me, knew that I wanted a copper colored little poodle. And I've always wanted to adopt, but you can't find that kind. Um, and she saw her on Instagram one day and was like, this is the shelter that Bernadette works with a lot. So I emailed Patty, Bernadette's assistant was like, I'm going to go to park today. Like, is there anyone I should say hi to? I'm going to look at this dog. And she was like, oh, we'll make sure that like they save the dog for you. Um, and like you get first dibs. And so I was like, okay, I just wanted to like say hi to whoever you knew. Um, but they like, (laughs) kind of, you know, knowing, you know, it's all who you know. Um, yeah, so they like absolutely. help facilitate me have Maisie. What character that you played at any point in your career do you think would benefit most from seeing a medium? Oh my God. Uh, or, hmm. Ooh. Okay, now I have to think about what I've done first off. Okay. Oh my God. I think I have two options. Can I give two? I'm ready. Peter and Peter Pan because he is a lost boy and he needs to like talk to his mom and dad. That one started getting me like, oh, that's, that's sad. Secondly, Linda Mason in Holiday Inn because she, her, uh, I can't remember the backstory of like what her mom, 
but she grew up on the farm with her dad and her dad had passed away. And this was like her house. She grew up here and now she has to sell it because her dad has passed away. And this city slicker comes to, you know, her town buys her farm. Um, and then they fall in love and like, all things are great. But like, I think she could benefit hearing from her dad of like, is this who I'm supposed to fall in love with? You know, like all those things. What do you think is the future of Broadway? Little psychic prediction for you. Um, for me or for Broadway in general? For Broadway in general, I guess. Cause you go on to do many more good things. Don't you worry. Thank you. I hope so. Um, I'm honestly a little nervous for Broadway in the future because I think the viewership and the audience people of Broadway, um, they're not respecting the full art of what we do anymore. And they're wanting to see the jukebox musicals. And I use this quote because it's a genius quote from a marketing department of uh, when Mamma Mia was on Broadway. Their marketing quote at the end of their run was, you already know you're going to love it because everyone knows those songs. And of course you want to go see something that you can sing along to and you know that you'll love you're spending a lot of money on these tickets but it's also like but that's what why theater is so fun is because you get to go experience something that you normally wouldn't have Mm -hmm. um and not to like end this on a downer maybe we should have one more fast question but um even casting stuff you know like they're starting to choose more people with more followers or who have been on a TV show or it's, it's just, uh, it's morphing into something that, and everyone says this throughout anything. Um, it's just morphing into something that, uh, I never, like, I didn't grow up that way. I grew up like loving the classics and loving people who trained and like, and, and no disrespect to Chicago, but I mean, Chicago was always kind of that hallmark for me that that brought in people to keep the show going. But then you're seeing it pop up with, you know, with Mean Girls, with Waitress. And, um, you know, I mean, the, the internet is a wonderful and also awful thing at the same time. And, and you look yeah. at, you know, listen to audios and it, you're like, but there are so many talented working actors already in New York. Like, go with them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and I get the money side. I mean, sure. Broadway needs money, so we need it. But, um, and that's why it happens. And I get it. It is a business. It's show business. That's what it is. But, um, you know, for us who've like busted our booties our entire lives um, to then like not get a job because we don't have a K, you know, followed by our followers, like, yes, it stinks. And we're growing uh, inattentive as audience members. I remember the last time I saw Wicked, I was so disappointed at maybe it's the amphitheater seating too. It felt like I was in a ballpark. People were literally getting up, leaving at any point, And then they were being admitted at any point. Yeah. And there's these beautiful moments of like connection, you know, like right when Glinda kind of acknowledges, I'm not going with you at the end of act one. And yeah. people are going in and, and, and I'm like, like, I know. I wish there was a way that we could like disable cell phone service in those phones. Like, no, I know. Like, and even, I mean, I only saw it during a gypsy run, but even during frozen, you know, a lot of the kids and I get it. Like kids are excited to be there. They're seeing Elsa brought to life, but yeah. they would be, it was like going to a, a Disney park show because everyone, it was just interactive. The whole show, yes. the whole audience was talking the whole time. And I was like, we got 
gotta learn our theater rules. I cannot thank you enough for for. Being oh my gosh! Anytime. Any don't worry. Time. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna put up her Instagram um, stuff later on when we edit. That way, she can get to the K. We can put that little blue verification on her, and we will we will make it happen. She will become. Um, was it um, above ground, Glinda? I promise. Oh, you. Above ground. Um, I have my bubbles right here, right? Oh my god, I love it! I love it. <laughs> do they let you keep anything, by the way, when you're done with the show, or do they all like? No, turn it in? no. It they actually have this insane, huge warehouse of all the costumes. I bet it, it's like a girl's dream, um, at least for me. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. You go in and it's just like, I mean, floor to ceiling, there are bubble gowns floating in the air. And then I mean, you just try on dresses. And I mean, they keep everything. They keep like your underwear. I did keep my popular pink, like ruffle undies. Underpants, yeah. (laughs) Like that's it. Oh, and like my corset, but that's it. And it's changed because I remember Patty Lapone talks about like she has a collection, like she's stolen everything from every right. show. Like she's like, I have the Avita wig at home, I have the dress, and so it's so cra- well. Now they reuse everything so much again with money, yeah. um, and I get it, but Let's like, yeah, yeah, I did like for Hello Dolly, I I kept most of my shoes. Um, they let us keep those, and yeah, most of the shows now it's like you either have to kind of seal them or just like let it go yeah okay. <laughs> well again uh if you're watching at home go youtube Haley pachoon look her up on her social media she is one of the kindest kindest humans and triple threat talent and you need to learn to know more of what she's done and oh go watch the hairspray movie too because she was in that oh, yeah. in uh britney snow's best friend in the new girl in town i was watching it geeking out after i read you i was like there she is with your with your little move that you're doing oh god Hey, look out for that move. Better lock up your man. Oh, you're the best. So thank you for being here. And I will will see you soon. Okay. Bye-bye. Hi, everyone. I want to thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed. If you want to learn more about Stage Door Medium, please feel free to give me a follow at Stage Door Medium on Instagram, stagedoormedium.com, and on YouTube, Stage Door Medium as well. I hope you're well, and we'll see you soon.